Since Troy's assault and siege, I trow, were overpassed, to brands and ashes burnt that stately burgot last, and he the traitor proved for treason that he wrought, was fitly tried and judged, his fortune elsewhere sought, the truest knight on earth. On first, what's on second? I don't know who's on first. Let me mention, my dear Watson. What's in the box? Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But why male models? Why so serious? I am serious. Now, don't call me Shirley. Well, nobody's perfect. Go ahead. Make my day. to pop culture i'm scott i'm jason and i'm monica hey yeah, back. yes <laughs> hi hello friends how are you oh you know i'm here that's all that matters that's good that is, that is all that's matters uh some house some housekeeping guys we got a message that uh after our review of void that uh all fans of our show be referred to as pop cultists cool. <laughs> i'm down with that <laughs> That was that was uh, that was one request, as well okay. as someone someone requesting that we do a uh, so it was our good listener Jean Paul requesting that we do a director showcase where we pick a director and uh, talk about their works. Well, we have thought we that, are working we? on that. Yeah. <laughs> I have it's quite a few in mind. <laughs> yes, it is something we are indeed working on. He he offered up uh, Paul W S Anderson as the uh, first choice director of such classics as. Uh, the Resident Evil series, uh, The Three Musketeers, Pompeii, <laughs> um, uh, Event Horizon's pretty good. Uh, yeah, that. Yeah, you got to have good sound for Event Horizon, though. Mm. So good. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so welcome back, pop cultists. Uh, this week we're talking about the new film, The Green Knight, directed by David Lowry from 2021, now in cinemas near you, or maybe not near you, but it's in cinemas. It's... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you start? Um, I hated oh, it. You hated it? Okay. You hated it? Wow. I hated All it. Right. I really hated it. Yeah. Go oh. on, tell us why. why? I, haven't been this, I haven't been this bored since... Space Jam and your legacy. Oh, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> now that's harsh. That no, is that really harsh. harsh. That was harsh. Look, 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 look. This is an incredibly beautiful film. It looks amazing. I can't fault the way it looks. I can't even fault the acting. Dev Patel's freaking incredible. But I was just so 
bored. I was underwhelmed in every regard. And it was just like being dragged along on this sort of wanky, nonsensical, like, look how clever and pretty I can make everything look. And I was just like, I don't, I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, I have to agree with the pacing. It is amazingly slow. Um, I, I found my mind was wandering to testing <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Going, and I did. I sent a little gif of the sloth from uh, one of those animated films. I can't remember the name of it. Um, that's Zootopia. That's the yeah. That's it. Zootopia. Um, so one of those sloths, and it's only when we're about forty minutes in that this whole sort of inner outward journey sort of really begins for the character, and it's this big build up of almost nothing at the beginning. And I was really wondering how it maintained my attention for that amount of time uh, I, I i can see the idea was trying to do something more meditative if you want you know it's sort of like a self-reflective film on this character but he just was a non-character not because of the acting but because you know we've got this beginning of snippets of sort of lust laziness and humble nobility and stupidity taking on yeah. the challenge and all of these things but it wasn't an actual character it, it there was i could not distinguish him from any sort of other arthurian trope of a knight or noble or anything like that i i don't know who he was as a character and for me that that's where it's really lacking um it and I can, I can imagine that if you needed that and it's just going along in these really slow meditative moments, um, it would have just bored you to tears. Um, try not to swear. <laughs> <laughs> I would have sworn there, but yes. It uh, bored it, the actual shit out of my body. Just, uh, like, yeah. It, it kind of had me, and I was like, oh, okay, up until he got captured, sort of thwarted by a band of 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 misfits, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they were oddly compelling. That, that kid was great, mm. and then and then it just kept fucking going around, around, around. I, I, I guess I'm Monica. Yeah. I, I guess maybe I'm going to be the contrary Mary in this because I really liked this movie. <laughs> um, I thought it was a very beautiful piece of art. It looks beautiful. The set pieces are great. The costuming, it's like chef's kiss, so good. Um, but for me, the story, I felt it was um, an interesting take on legacy and having greatness thrust upon you. It's almost like... A story about this mother pushing her son in like a failure to launch sort of scenario. She's like trying to push him out and just mess with him. And um, it obviously alludes to um, Garwin's mother being um, Morgan Le Fay or Morgana, which makes a lot of sense because she's the classical antagonist to King Arthur. So you sort of have this strange good cop, bad cop um, scenario about how to approach knighthood and how to achieve greatness and honour. Um, so for me, that was sort of um, the main theme of the film. Um, I do agree with the pacing. It was incredibly slow, but 
I just thought it was a, a very lovely sort of slow burn and just a masterclass by Dev Patel who did such an amazing job in this movie. Like he, every time he's on the screen, I'm just like wrapped with attention. I just thought he, he was fabulous. And also, um, not that I always rate her, but Alicia Vikander absolutely crushed it in this movie. She's got this one monologue and I was like, I did not know she could do that. No wonder she's got that Oscar because wow. she does have an, I was like, she does have an Oscar. <laughs> she does, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, she did a tremendous job. Um, I can appreciate this film probably not for everybody, um, but it's certainly appealed to me. <laughs> yeah, I, think uh, I, I knew it was going to be this sort of art house, almost art house fantasy film going into it, mm. but I just don't think I was prepared for like nothing. <laughs> No, that's fair. I felt like maybe when they, um, so they sort of separate the film through chapters and they have title sequences. And I do think that probably slowed things down. They could have done without that in the movie, just to maybe for the sake of saving time and making the story a bit more expedient, they could have. Mm. Well, as far as I've, I've doing, been doing a bit of reading into the, um, into the, the, the source text. And from what I understand, it's sort of like, you know, Sagawan's, at the at the party on Christmas Eve, the Green Knight shows up. All of that happens pretty much as is in the source material. And mm. then it's like he goes off on an adventure. It's not really described until you get to the where he gets to the castle with the Lord and the Lady. Yes. And there's a lot of like temptation and stuff. And he's like, "No, I'm a good man." And then he rushes off to get his head chopped off. Mm. Yeah. Because you know, nothing like being eager. And. And then yeah, the night the, the green knight's like, ah, you're a good honest fellow. Off you go. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. I felt that the this, ending... this did a little bit this like takes a little bit of a twist near the end where it's sort of I guess a divergent path of destiny in terms of uh, uh bravery or cowardice, I guess, or masculinity and stuff like that. But by that stage, like I was glazed over and I was like, I don't give a shit. Where's the where's the box? Yeah, the uh <laughs> that look the the film I I think it really did embrace the whole Arthurian legend and lore that if you're reading texts of Middle English references to it, it, it sort of understood that. And um, But it had this weird, uh, I guess, dissonance with the anachronistic elements, so all those ones that are like what you'd expect of Arthurian legend and things, with this modern film film technique that threw me every once in a while like one of the worst examples is ye olde uh fonts covering the screen <laughs> like <laughs> being a chapter Someone, in that someone's been on the font and uh, <laughs> <laughs> <up> ye old english <laughs> but it, it was like that and i was like yeah. oh that that was a shame it, it sort of it threw me and um you know there's some good uses of these sort of more modern techniques like you know 360 degree pans going through what you mentioned of this uh imaginings of a future mm. uh, based on choices and you know whether he chooses just not to bother or to yeah, try and get out or... of there give up and so on so we get all of these little elements in there that you know i found them quite interesting and mm. done really well but then you have the unusual ones like i mentioned with the font jumped in there and it sort of throws you out of it uh, but, you know, things like the dialogue, um, it's obviously grabbed from the poem and 
the actors are sort of relishing the delivery of it with sort of Shakespearean fervor, and it's it, oh. it adds to it. I, 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 Sean Harris is fucking <laughs> clinging to it with, <laughs> yeah, with <hands>. <laughs> you know, and and it, to me that was great. It, it yeah, really made was, it. Like I said, the acting yeah. is all mm. top notch. So you get this atmospheric uh, film that's really built well around those laws of Arthurian times and so on, even though it's sort of a fictional time, but uh, we have seen it in lots of things. But, yeah, you get that slow pacing, and I think it's sort of a it succeeded in adapting the poem because, I mean, you've already got this source material, which is going to be a bit clunky if you're following it specifically uh, by throwing in the Arthurian tropes, but the modern perspective sort of labours to an unclear point where I'm not even <laughs> sure why we're watching this scene go for five minutes. It's sort of, you can enjoy it for the scenery, you can enjoy it for the acting, but there's no purpose. And we already know the purpose is sort of a bit odd in the first place, how <laughs> he's playing mm. a game. Yeah, not only the purpose, I guess um, the teachable moments from the original story is all about um, being valiant and being honourable and that sort of thing. But that sort of clashes against, um, I guess, the, the directorial um, lens through it where you're not spoon-fed to sort of root for Garwin necessarily or see things through the same moral compass that he does. So I feel that comes into conflict a little bit with the movie and what uh, the traditional tales of knighthood against more modern perspectives where morality is a little bit of a grey area. Mm. Yeah, I still think it comes back to that fact we we don't have a character to empathise with. Like he's characterless. It's like he's a a, a medieval everyman noble. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like not. He's not a bit like a, he's a bit like loves, a sim loves prostitutes, a... but doesn't really know his purpose in life. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I feel that some of it is a little bit of a choose your own adventure. It could be, yeah, as <laughs> well with all the different scenarios at the end, but. Ultimately, by the end of the movie, I guess as a viewer, you, I guess, meant to be almost comforted by the fact that, yeah, he's about to die and you have to sort of be okay with it. And I was, I was like, yeah, sure. Off with his head. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed the ending. Like the ending sort yeah. of paid off ultimately. Enough, uh, yeah. But it, it just <laughs> isn't as powerful as it could have been. Yeah, it just wasn't as powerful as it could have been. If, if I'd cared an ounce for the character and mm. sort of felt he had actually changed or something like that rather than just espousing exposition in ye olde English, uh, it's sort of, I'd go, yeah, this is really powerful, that moment. And, mm. you know, this idea of accepting mortality and being humble and so on is great, but we only got it right at that last moment of the film and no journey to it as far as the character is concerned. Yeah, if it maybe had that from the get-go, it would have had a much more powerful message by the end, for sure. Yeah. But uh, some of the other stuff, it's sort of like uh, visually, it's uh, oh. quite arresting, you know, the scenes. This like is the, a cinematography a Oscar winner, yeah. come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the use of colour, the mm. light, just, it's, it's a gorgeous film, like, it, mm. to look at. It's, yeah, what a feast. <laughs> Yeah, and so, I think that's what held, held my attention until it didn't, was I'm just yeah. like, this looks incredible. Mm. But... 
I can't help but feel it's probably some, like a film that they would show in the um, MCA gallery on the walls for like their sort of weird art night. <laughs> and I'm not yeah. sure how I feel about that. <laughs> Drop uh, us uh, and watch The Green Knight. There you go. Yeah, possibly. It might be that sort of film. But mm. um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't say I didn't like it. I, I, I certainly enjoyed seeing something that's not following the normal formulas that we're being fed persistently over the past past few years so it's mm. for me it was a bit refreshing having something like that come across my viewing i guess it's the best way of describing it and um yeah i, I just found it so slow mm. yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad i watched it just because it was something different exactly yeah. but yeah i was i was just bored by the end of it <laughs> scott needs his uh action yeah i no, i don't <laughs> i don't i don't i feel like it makes me feel like some sort of um <laughs> unintellectual heathen <laughs> but fucking no. do something <laughs> this no, is the guy who this is the guy who directed the remake of pete's drag one of the best movies i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I guess when you look at the source text and a lot of um, early English literature, there is this tendency to have journeys that don't have a lot of action. And I guess mm. it is authentically reflecting that. And um, I, well, I think I said in my teenage years, I was like, you know, kind of, I think King Arthur had just come out and it was like, it was all the rage. And I'm like, oh, I might go and buy, you know, the, like the book of tales and stuff. I remember reading and being like, what am I reading? <laughs> and this might be the truest one yet. The might, might, you know, I mean, I'm sure if you're a um, middle English literature enthusiast, this might be the best movie you've ever seen. It, it certainly might well do. And maybe for other viewers as well, I feel like Arthurian legends or, this particular kind of folklore isn't going to appeal to everybody because it's not as flashy as your Greek mythology or your Roman myths or even your... No, and when, you, and when you certainly watch, uh, I would say, Western or Hollywood films of Arthurian legends, they've certainly jazzed them up quite a lot. They love to sort of play with um, aspects of the supernatural and magic and the devil and that sort of stuff. And this film actually is really devoid of that. It sort of takes this um, with the character of Morgana. There is witchcraft, yeah, but it's more reminiscent of what we see later in um, William Shakespeare's Macbeth. You know, she's sort of like one of the weird sisters more than a straight up mm. witch. Yeah, it's not Harry Potter magic, put it that way. No. <laughs> no. And thank goodness no. for that. <laughs> yeah, that would have been weird. Yeah, that would have been just awful. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it wasn't wasn't for me. I'm glad I watched it because it certainly is one of the best looking movies and probably the best looking movie I've seen since something like 1917, like just visual a visual feast. Mm. But it just it just wasn't enough in it for me to enjoy. Yeah, fair enough. No, I I enjoyed it, but I just found it lacking. I I liked it despite its flaws. Um, I'd maybe watch it again, but um. Not maybe for a little while because there's a lot to digest and a lot to think about. And I think this is one of those movies you have to be in the mood to watch it because if you're not, then you're just going to struggle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was all about your mood then. I'm the problem. 
We didn't say that. <laughs> Look, I could have no, Scott thank said that. For, thank you for listening to this episode of Pop Culture. I've been Scott. I've been Jason. And I'm still Monica. Pop Culture is produced by and recorded by Jason Eddie, Monica Porto, and Scott Souder. The clip for this week's show was a trailer from The Green Knight, and the song at the end was one of the themes from The Green Knight soundtrack. If you're enjoying the show, please, I invite you to jump on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It helps us expand the show and reach new listeners. If you'd like to contact us on social media, we're available at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash popculturepod, on Twitter at popcultureau, and we are also available on Instagram.